Exodus 20, verse 12. This is, of course, the fifth commandment. It says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And then Ephesians chapter 6, beginning verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we do pray again for your instruction to be granted to us by your Spirit that you would convict us of our sins and failures, but also encourage us in Christ and give us instruction on the proper application of your holy word and this, your fifth commandment. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Years ago, we might not think of the following words as words that might trigger people today. Words like submit, words like command, or authority, or authoritative. Um, When I think of authority myself, I can get a little nervous when I think of the authority the government possesses over me and thoughts of uh, another mask mandate. Not that that's going to happen here or is about to, but it is elsewhere other states, or another lockdown. And uh, the relationship between myself and the civil government that I find myself under at this time. And perhaps the reason I get a little antsy or don't necessarily like that authority is because it's in my DNA, it's perhaps been uh, passed down to me as an American, as a, a son of this state where... Our forefathers fought in the so-called Revolutionary War. And so we are independent Americans. Um, There is, I think, some legitimacy to that war. I don't condemn it uh, fully. But at the same time, uh, we talk about Independence Day. and, And let's just face it, some of us, we just don't like people to tell us what to do. And there's a reason for that. And we find ourselves in a day and time where authority um, is maligned, is not followed well, uh, and yes, it is abused, and perhaps those are some of the reasons, but not all. I mean, after all, we've lived through the 60s, not me, but some of you have, and uh, my parents definitely did, and uh, that's the time period where children and youth were told to question, at the very least, to question authority. And uh, now, uh, we live in a day and time where the father does not know best in our society. In fact, the state would tell our children otherwise, you know, to do some certain, do certain things and not tell your parents. And uh, we come to this fifth commandment, which is all about authority and structure in society, and in particular, in, in the home. And so what I want to do is just expound a little on this verse tonight, and at the end make a few applications, okay? I won't say everything there is to say, I couldn't. But I won't say everything there is to say about the commandment, just to highlight a few things. Again, 
our larger catechism has much to say about the Ten Commandments. And if you've never read them, I would encourage you to do so. Perhaps on a Sunday afternoon, work through one of the commandments and what it has to say. It's very um, broad and in-depth as the Reformers sought to uh, understand and apply the Ten Commandments. So then the first question is, what does this commandment require? It's pretty self-evident. It says that uh, children are to honor their fathers and mothers, right? That's the commandment. But what does it mean? To honor means to respect. It means to esteem highly. Does it mean worship? We're to worship one, the living and true God. Uh, Just listen to some of these scriptures. In Psalm 23 and verse 22, it says, Listen to your father who begot you. I think that's Proverbs 23, 22. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. And remember the whole Hebrew idea of listen. It means to hear and obey. So it's not just to to listen and say, okay, I listen to you, I'm done. It's to to obey. In Leviticus 19.3, it says, Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths, I'm the Lord your God. That is to show a profound respect for one's mother and one's father. And of course, in one of our texts we just read, Ephesians 6.1, it says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. And so when we look at it, we can say several things here, that the commandment means that we are to listen to our parents, we are to respect our parents, and we are to obey our parents. So children, that's what it's talking about. That's what God requires of you. Whether you're a child of a parent who is three years old, or 30, or 50. To one degree or another, that that command still applies. Now, um, we do note we we um, acknowledge that when a person leaves the home, when a person gets married, they are to leave and cleave. There's that principle as well, and uh, a man shall uh, leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and establish their home. If they have children to establish that authority in their home as well. But just because you're out of the house does not mean that you are no longer obligated to honor your parents. Okay, but that relationship does change when you move out. Uh, So listen to respect and to obey. And I I suppose I should say as well, it's not, the commandment is not um, contingent upon the behavior of the parent. God doesn't say, if your father and if your mother love you, if they treat you the way you want them to treat you, or perfectly, that you are to honor them. Um, As we'll see in just a moment, this commandment, this fifth commandment dealing with authority is more broad than just father and mother. And... uh, you can recall the Apostle Paul in Acts 23 and verse 5 when he rebuked the high priest, he had to apologize. He said, I did not know you were the Lord's anointed or the high priest of the Lord. And so Paul disagreed with the high priest 
But in his disagreement, that gave him no right to speak ill of the one that God had placed in authority over him at that time, or at least who held this high office in the church of God. And so when we look at this commandment, it's noteworthy as well to, uh, to recognize that God has set up authority in the home, that the parents are to be God's representatives, not the mediators, but the God's representatives of authority in the home. It's not the state, and it's not the church. Now, we are to obey the authorities that be, uh, the state and the church. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. But God has given this authority to the parents. It's delegated authority. Remember, all authority is delegated authority. Let's talk a minute for, um, for just a few minutes about its scope, the scope of this commandment. Again, it's broad. Uh, it's not just father and mother. This deals with authority and authority in general. Remember, as we've seen, the Ten Commandments are a summary of God's moral law. So there are different applications elsewhere in Scripture, in the law itself, uh, but elsewhere in even the New Testament. Uh, there's all kinds of authority that we find in Scripture. And the Fifth Commandment summarizes it and places it in its nucleus in its very basic context, and that is the home. So... What is the scope? Well, as we read earlier, the Reformers, they talked about different places, different places in society. It refers to inferiors. There's another word that sounds, oh, that's terrible. Someone's inferior to someone else. But if you're in a chain of command and law or military, you, you know these, these terms well. Um, superior and equals. So the Reformers recognized those three, inferior, superior, superior and equal. An inferior uh, was someone in subjection to someone higher in authority. And of course that person, the one higher in authority, would be the superior. And then those on the same ground, so to speak, were equals. So siblings, you would be equals. Uh, father and mother would be a superior. Child and children are inferiors when it comes to the parent-child relationship. So I think you, you get the picture but even broadly speaking, a grandparent would be a superior to a grandchild and their child. When it comes to the church, we have church authority, right? Uh, there are elders who govern the church, pastors, leaders. Um, and Hebrews 13 and verse 17 says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. As those who must give an account, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Ephesians 5.21 talks about Christians submitting to one another, loving one another, serving one another, exercising gifts towards one another in the church. So there's the family, there's the church, and there's the state, right? Three forms of government. There actually is a fourth form of government in Scripture, and it used to be called self-government, and uh, Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, uh, but there's the family, the church, and the state. Uh, we've looked at Romans 13, Paul again reminds Christians that they are not to be revolutionaries, 
that they are not to be insurrectionists, but he says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. The authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. We'll come back to that, I hope, in, in just a moment. First um, Peter 2, 17 says, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Thomas Watson, he was a Puritan, one of the easier Puritans to read, delightful, I think. He said that um, there are in Scripture political fathers, the civil magistrate, the government. This, This is his term. Ancient fathers, the elderly. <laughs> At first I thought he, he meant you know, fathers of long ago. Anyway, the elderly, those older and wise, er, uh, spiritual fathers. The Apostle Paul begat um, Timothy in the faith, and so Paul was the one who discipled Timothy. He was a spiritual father and his spiritual authority over him. And then there's the natural father, our biological parents. Um, and so you can see that in Scripture, this authority is applied in several different relationships. And uh, so, you know, children, if your mother tells you to pick your clothes up off the floor, or if your dad says it's time to get off the Xbox, if you have an Xbox, or to do some chores, it's time to do some chores, or if your employer says you need to come in at 9 a.m. on Monday morning. Or, if I'm driving to worship and I get pulled over for doing 50 in a 35, and I should have been doing 35 miles an hour, or if you receive a kind word of correction from your sister, your brother in Christ, uh, we, we are to recognize God's authority over us. We should obey Now, there is a promise with this command. Paul picks up on that in Ephesians 6. Uh, He says there, which is, this fifth commandment, which is the first commandment with promise. And it could be that he means the first commandment of the second table. Remember the two tables of the law, our duty to God and our duty to one another and society. could mean that. But he says this is the first commandment with promise. What is the promise? That it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And literally in the Hebrew it goes something like this, that they might prolong your days. And so it either means the the words of the commandment, that the words may give you life and prolong your days, or that they, your parents, may prolong your days. I think that's the sense, that your parents... Uh, may prolong your days. How can parents do that? Of course, by their example and their prayers, but their loving, kind, protective commands. Perhaps you've seen this picture floating around in blogosphere, internet, whatever you call it. And uh, there is this hill 
It has to be a hill from San Francisco. And at the very top, well, I'm not going to tell you. So you have this bird's eye view. There's this hill, and it looks like it's a half mile long. It's so steep. And at the very bottom is this pier that goes out into the water. On both sides of this street, this hill, there are homes that go down. And at the top, there's this like four or five-year-old boy with his skateboard. One foot on the skateboard. You know what he's thinking? He's going to go down, hit the pier, and go into the water. And at the top it says, Why Boys Need Parents. Uh, children need parents because children don't always make the wisest decisions. They might play too close to the road. And parents command them, Don't you go near that. I'm going to wring your neck. That's what my mom would have told me. If you go near that road, I would rather her wring my neck than get hit by a car. And uh, that's the idea, I think. And I think as well, it could be that God just simply um, blesses those who respect authority because to do so is to respect Him. You know, the Psalms talk about blessed is the man who keeps the commandments of the Lord. God in His mercy and His grace, His kindness, He does bless us today, even though we're fallen and redeemed sinners when we keep His Word. And it's not a hard and fast rule. It's kind of like the Proverbs. There are some children who do obey their parents who are taken early in life. And there are some who are wicked who live longer. So we understand that as well. And so there's the promise to the command. And uh, touched on this a little bit, but there's the motive. When we talk about honor. We might think about our words, maybe our actions, but we need to think about our hearts. The whole idea of honor really flows from the heart. Um, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, So it could be our words, our gestures, and our actions. This is how we apply it. We honor our parents. And so there's the old adage, you know, the child is sitting down, but on the inside, she or he is standing up. You know, children, your parents, they, they pull you away from something that you're doing, probably playing, and uh, they tell you to go do something, and you do it, and you stop and throw something down. Okay, I'll do it. Well, that's, that's not honoring your parents. And uh, it's to do it cheerfully because you recognize that to honor them is to honor the Lord. In Romans 7, Paul says that the law is spiritual and addresses our hearts. And I was sharing with someone even today, I can recall as uh, a teenager, uh, roughly 18 or 19, fairly new believer, um, actually becoming joyful because I had the opportunity to obey and please my mother. Why was I joyful? Because the Lord had given me an opportunity to show my love to Him, my love to Jesus, by obeying my parents. What a strong motive that is. And so, um, as we talk about that, well, that brings us back, doesn't it, to the context of the Ten Commandments and how they are fulfilled in Christ. 
we don't always keep the commandments, do we? Uh, we perhaps curse those in authority over us or have at times. Um, we slander them. We say bad things about them. We hate them in our hearts. We disobey mother and father or those in authority over us. And uh, we need to remember that the law is given in the context of grace. God saved Israel. He gave them salvation from Exodus, brought them to Sinai finally, and then gave them His law. And so He's saying that in light of that, live this way. Here's how you please Me and glorify Me now that I've saved you. And that's what He does. The law shows us our sin. It exposes our ungodliness, but it also exposes our sin. And if it exposes our sin, it shows us our need for Christ. So let us not forget that. You see, while we haven't been stoned because we've disobeyed our parents, as was required in the Old Testament law for the lawless son or child, we have broken this commandment. We have disrespected our parents. We have disrespected and dishonored our employers, our church leaders, our civil leaders. And so this is why Christ came. Christ came not only to wipe away our bad record, but He came to give us a good record. Maybe you've heard of the active obedience of Christ. How He came, He submitted Himself to the Father and His commandments. Well, part of that was obeying His own parents. As He did. And He did it in our place. As one has said, Christ took the test for us and He got a hundred. We had already failed in Adam. And so the second Adam came in our place and He was able, therefore, to go to the cross and wipe away our bad record, which was against us. The law was our accuser, remember. But Jesus saves us. And He is not only our Savior, He is our example when it comes to obeying this commandment. Remember, Jesus Himself was obedient to His heavenly Father. And not only that, He was obedient to death. Not only that, the death of the cross. So let me take a few moments here, excuse me, and make several applications, about four roughly. In a day when the zeitgeist is telling us that authority is bad, or that children don't need to obey their parents, that their parents are stupid, clueless. Uh, let us remember what God says. That we're to honor those in authority. So the question is, are you honoring the ones that God has put in authority over you? Parents? A teacher? An employer? Church leader? Civil leader. And does this mean that we have to agree with everything that those in authority over us say and do? Of course not. Is there ever a time for disobedience? Absolutely. We've seen this when those in authority over us require that we sin, it is our duty to disobey them and obey God. Remember Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5? 
They were commanded not to preach in the name of Christ. Christ had commanded them to preach in his name. So they come back, they say, you know, we must obey God rather than man. And uh, we have to remember that. And so I say that because, yeah, there are, there are those who abuse authority and power. There are those who are tyrants and so forth. And perhaps you or you know someone who has had an abusive father or mother. You need to recognize that you don't have to agree with their behavior. You don't have to approve of it. You shouldn't when they were wrong. You respect the office, or put it that way, of father or mother, whatever authority they hold. Children, if your parents have been great, then you bless them. Uh, does your mom do things that are good? What does Proverbs 31 say about the virtuous or the godly woman? Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Do you tell your parents thank you? Do you ever give compliments or words of encouragement or thanksgiving to those in authority over you? And one of the best ways you can honor them is to listen to them and to obey them and to do it cheerfully. And so there's that. Well, second, I have another question here. Uh, are you managing, if you are in a place of authority, a superior, father, mother, teacher, whatever, are you leading and managing in such a way that demands respect? That's a legitimate question. The commandment here implies this, and scriptures elsewhere definitely teach this. Um, are you a godly example? Do you seek what is best for those under your authority? Parents, if necessary, do you ask your children to forgive you? You want to talk about provoking your child? Do wrong to them and never ask them to forgive you. Do your children know that you love them? How do you show that love to your children? Do you provide for them? Do you pray for them and with them? I had to confess recently to my older two, I did not pray enough with you. Yeah, your pastor's saying that. I recognize. You know, sometimes you get busy. You fail. We do it around the dinner table. Do it in family worship. But if there's a crisis in this child's life, at least it's a crisis to him or her, we can teach them by stopping and praying, taking it seriously and praying with them. J.C. Ryle wrote this, Sternness and severity of manner chill them, chill, makes them cold, and throws them back, our children. Sternness and severity. It shuts up their hearts, and you will weary yourself to find the door. But let them only see that you have an affectionate feeling towards them, that you are really desirous to make them happy and do good, that if you punish them, it is intended for their profit, and that, like the pelican, you give your heart's blood to nourish their souls. Let them see this, I say, and they will soon all be your own. 
And if you are a child who did not or does not have a parent who has been that way, do not become bitter. Honor them by praying for them. And then, I just want to mention this too, if there is ever a time to disobey authority as a Christian, we need to do so carefully, respectfully, and faithfully in the name of Christ. You know the times. If there's ever a time to disobey authority, we do so carefully, respectfully, and faithfully in the name of Christ. Um, We do so carefully because we want to honor Christ and do it in His name. We need to make sure that we are indeed being commanded or required to do something that is sin. We do it respectfully. We don't go down to the level of others in our society today and hurl insults and vitriol towards our authorities. We respect them. We do it faithfully. We stick to it. And whatever happens, we trust the Lord with our lives. Like Daniel, like his friends, like the apostles, like the saints in Revelation who had the beast, the civil government to persecute them. And it says they loved not their lives unto the death. And then last, as we consider this command to honor our mothers and our fathers, let us look to our Heavenly Father who's provided for us and sacrificed for us His only begotten Son. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we confess again that we disobey Your commands. And at the same time, it is our desire to obey them. To do so out of love and honor and respect for You. We pray, Lord, that You would teach us to do this and to do it uh, in a way that is pleasing to You from the heart. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.